This is Learn It From An 80s Song. I am your coach, Patricia Freiberg. This is I Love the 80s meets the healing of storytelling and the positive impact of music. Inspiring guests share their powerful stories, yielding incredible strengths. Through both story and music, this podcast will elevate your mood, providing you with a positive outlook. It will ignite recall so that you can tap into your own life experiences. We don't just hear the knowledge and wisdom gained from our podcast guests. Through powerful story, we can live it. Today, we have a very special guest. Please welcome Stacy Tomes. Stacy has been a home organizer and home stager for over a decade. Her mission is to help people simplify their lives. She has been the director of marketing as well as served as vice president for NAPO. That's the National Association of Productivity and Organizing. Stacy, it is so great to see you here today. It's been a long time since I've had you in the house, and I know I'm about due to have you come back and help me out. <laughs> yes, we had a lot of fun getting you moved into your new gorgeous space, and it's been a pleasure working with you for all of these years. Yes, it, and honestly, I, I honestly couldn't do it without you, and we'll dive in a little bit deeper into all of that as we go. But first, we have to talk about the song that best resonates with the story you're going to tell us today. So can I get a drum roll, please? <laughs> Stacy, what is the song that best resonates with the story you're going to tell us today? Okay, so this was a hard one to kind of get down to what song should it be? Because it had to encompass like everything. and. What I came to was Howard Jones' Things Can Only Get Better. Yes, I love that song. And as we were just talking about, we love the album. And that song came out in 1985 and it peaked uh, May 31st of 1985. And it came in at number 10 on the Billboard charts. And they had background vocals from an all-female group uh, called Aphrodisiac. And uh, so, yes, Howard Jones, 1985, the year before they had New Song, which was in 1984, also an incredible song, great album and super song choice. And I can't wait to dive into it. But first, uh, why don't you tell us your story, Stacy? All right. So I guess I'll go back into high school and why that song just popped into my head and I really connected to. You know, in high school, I was pretty lost. I didn't really have a strong identity. I wasn't a super smart student. I wasn't organized. I would say I had a little, you know, undiagnosed attention deficit issues. And uh, I moved around from high schools. I was in private school. And then I begged my parents to put me into a public school because I wanted the freedom and I wanted the opportunity to make more friends. And once I started going to public school, I quickly found a way to rebel and kind of, 
I started to experiment with alcohol in my own home and in, you know, friends' homes. And I started to experiment with smoking pot and with ditching. And, you know, I had a lot of fun. And I thought, wow, this is way more fun than sitting in a class where I don't feel capable or smart. I always felt like a misfit in a class, like I should be in the dunce cap in the corner. Right. Wow. Um, Yeah. So that was sort of the beginning of this identity that I created as this party girl. Mm -hmm. And quickly my parents realized like, what is going on? I think they went, they have a, my dad has this story about how he went to like a open house, like a back to school night. And he walked into PE and told, you know, introduced himself to the coach. And the coach was like, I don't even know who that is about me. So I was even ditching PE. I was just, you know, off campus, going to McDonald's, looking for fun. Yes. Yeah. So it was a tough time for me. And quickly, my parents put me into therapy. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing a therapist and I was working through a lot of stuff. You know, my parents got divorced when I was three years old and I'm an only child. And my mom was remarried. My dad was remarried and my dad had a family, you know, Mm -hmm. two kids with his, with my stepmom. And my mom was just really involved with my stepfather and not interested in me. And so I was really isolated at home Mm -hmm. and I had no idea where I fit in. It was like back and forth to either house and being able to kind of numb out and just party and have fun felt so much better at that time. Right. And when I went to therapy, I would, you know, manipulate my therapist because he told me if I would talk about stuff, he would take me to get ice cream. So (laughs) I I would manipulate him into things, but soon it came to a situation where I was literally receiving D's and F's in Mm. my classes. And the option was boarding school, or I can't even remember what the other option was, but it was worse than boarding school. Right, right. And So I didn't really have a choice. And my parents sent me to boarding school up in Idlewild, California. And there it was even more of a party. Mm. And it's funny because I really, that song, that Howard Jones song, I really remember that song defining that time when I was in boarding school. Wow. And, um, you know, I remember going into boarding school, like, yeah, I'm a party girl and like making friends with the other people, like the rebels and the partiers. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I had friends. I felt like I belonged to some sort of a community for the first time. Right. So, you know, that was sort of like my high school experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, I ended up dropping out of high school after boarding school. I came back and I went to public school and I just didn't care about grades or, and I had no structure at home and I had parents that were so busy doing their own stuff that I 
didn't have any motivation. Right. And I wanted to work, frankly. Yeah. So I had, I remember having an appointment with my counselor at the beginning of 12th grade and the counts, you know, the college appointment where you talk yeah. about where are you going and how are you doing this? And my counselor said to me, well, you have enough credits to be like in the first semester of 11th grade. So she told me I was going to have to go back. Oh boy. I didn't even get the credits for 11th grade. And I was like, yeah, no thanks. And I literally walked out of school and got a job like a week later and didn't go back to school. Wow. I ended up going, I ended up working for a couple of years Mm -hmm. and I wound up asking my dad if he would support me and send me to junior college so I could move to San Diego. Yes. So I, I did become motivated. And I, at the time, if you were 18, you could enroll in junior college without a a high school diploma. I don't think that's the way it is now. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Grossmont College in San Diego. I got my associate's degree after two and a half years, went on to San Diego State, and then moved back up to Los Angeles and got my bachelor's degree at Antioch University. Wow. I have a college degree, but I don't, I don't have a high school diploma. Wow. So interesting. And I'm just thinking about you as a youngster and, you know, I think every listener here, you know, hearing your story would say, of course, you found community within the party girls, right? Or within the party people. And that, you know, when you didn't feel like you had a place in your own home, it makes sense that you're going to go find a place where you I mean, and that's so age appropriate because that's, that's what in high school, that's what you want that, you know, you want to be able to be accepted by your peers and, and feel like you belong. So it makes complete sense um, to, to me listening to your story that that would have been very attractive. Yeah. And I think too, I had to be so independent mm-hmm. and take care of myself that I wanted the perks that went along with adulthood. Right. Fun, you know, um, it's just like, well, I don't want a, all this responsibility. I want the fun part because yeah. I was 15, 16, 17, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. And all these years, you know, um, Stacy and I have known each other for a good, I'd say eight years. She's helped me. You know, I, I had a very demanding uh, job and she really helped me keep the house organized and honestly changed my life in that way especially as far as being able to let go of things in your in your household. And she's going to talk more about that as we go. But um, after all these years and, and, you know, when you're working together, especially with a home organizer like uh, Stacy, it's a very vulnerable place as um, a client because these are your belongings. These are your things. And you know that physical and emotional attachment to certain things that you just can't let go of. And I think that I can imagine, you know, as a youngster being in this situation and a lot of the social nuances, you know, that you had to have to be independent at a young age to go out and seek uh, relationships and connection, because you can literally walk into almost any home, and I'm sure all of your clients would say this, and automatically you feel a level of comfort, like, because it is a vulnerable place when uh, people do come into your home and you make it almost seamless and and effortless on the part of the client. Thank you. 
Yeah. When I walk into someone's home, especially if I don't really know them, you know, I want to assess trust, first of all, because it is so important. It is such a vulnerable thing to have someone come through your home and look through all your stuff. Mm -hmm. Find things that maybe you hid (laughs) a while ago that you've forgotten about. And, you know, that's such an important part of my business is making my client feel comfortable and letting them know that I, I get where they're coming from. But it's also taking some of that burden off of them and showing that, you know, shifting their perspective a little bit, like this is stuff. Mm-hmm. This, this is not your memories. This is not the people that you love that maybe you've grieved over or past experiences that you miss or long for. These are just items. And often people are keeping so much stuff and the way they're keeping it, whether it's shoved somewhere in a garage, it's collecting dust or it's you're not honoring those items. So a big part of what I like to do is really inventory the belongings you're holding on to, which can be a very time-consuming and emotional process. But it's so important to know what you have. Mm -hmm. And it's tough because looking at piles or bins or boxes or closets or you know, cabinets that just have items like pouring out of them is uh, hard to tackle and confront. But once we can get through that process and sit through it, and maybe with some clients, it's like they can handle 20 minutes of it and then they're done. Yeah. Or some clients can do like three straight hours of it. But I am very in tune to my client and. I can say, let's take a break. Why don't we go get something to eat? Or, you know, so it's really, I've developed that skill. Yeah. While working with so many different people and situations. Yes. Yes. And so many people have different personalities on how they want to, how they deal with things. What emotions are attached to those items in the house? I mean, I can say that when I did work with you and we did get dive into a room and organize it and get rid of a bunch of stuff. It was definitely like a freeing feeling. And then one person in our family who's really adapted your minimalist way is my son, George. Yes. And I, I mean, it's amazing to me, you know, he still likes things clean, likes things, few things, very few things. Mom, I don't need any more clothes. I have plenty, you know, that you know that type of thing, or getting rid of things when when he doesn't need them. And uh, it's pretty it's pretty amazing the impact that it's had long term. That's great. Yeah, working with George and Jeffrey too. You know, I remember Jeffrey having so both of them so many stuffed animals. Yes, <laughs> and you know the process of working with them and going through and seeing. Because I know your husband traveled a lot and would bring a lot of things back for the kids. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of those stuffed animals, the snow globes, those kind of things hold a lot of memory 
but they also can hold a lot of like guilt. Like, well, if I get rid of this, maybe my dad's feelings would be hurt or something. So it's kind of like processing those emotions and just Mm -hmm. knowing like, you know what? It's not really ultimately about that. It's like, that was a gift bought for this reason of like, I miss you. I'm thinking of you. Mm -hmm. It's a token of that Mm -hmm. moment. But if you don't need it in your space, it's okay to let it go. Absolutely. And like giving them permission to let go of things that might be cluttering their space. Absolutely. I love that you said that, you know, what you said was really how much emotion like guilt, you know, how many things do we have in our house that we feel guilty getting rid of because it's like, it's not serving us. And we're only holding on to it for a guilt, you know, because you you don't want to get rid of it because somebody gave it to you or whatever. But it's it's amazing how when you do get rid of it, yeah, for a moment, it might feel like a big deal. But then after the fact, it's like you're just that much clearer, you know, on on things that you want. And I feel like it translates into life. Yeah. Yeah. And and how you live your life, you know, I mean, are we going to spend our lives, you know, living with connecting with certain people because you feel guilty? Or are you going to go out and or doing certain things because out of guilt? Or are you going to do things that really are fulfilling for yourself and for that other person or that just giving example of how it translates into the life? Are you finding that with a lot of your clients? Absolutely. And yeah, like the guilt and the shame emotions are so interesting because say you have something and you're like, oh, well, my aunt gave that to me. And if they come over and it's not up there, then they're going to know. They don't know. They're not thinking. I mean, unless it's like a family heirloom or piece mm-hmm. of work that they really, you know, spent a lot of time and made especially for you. But if it's a pot holder, they're not going to, you know. No. So it's detaching from that emotion, you know, the connection of the emotion to the item. And it's really separating those things. And often I say to people when they have, you know, like attachment to things, a good example would be like t-shirts. If you mm-hmm. have a lot of t-shirts that you're hanging on to and you love these t-shirts, so you're not wearing them and they're just like taking up space in a bin, let's make something out of it. Yeah. Let's make a quilt out of it, or let's do some piece of art with it that you can frame and hang on the wall and see it and enjoy it. Because if you're just shoving it in a bin and it's going in the garage, it's forgotten about, and it's not respecting those items, you know? So I I want to like shift that perspective. Like if you really love this, let's frame it and put it on your wall. Because it's not showing love by shoving it away. Right. And just hanging on to it for like a, you know, that in-between area. Yes. So true. And we did, we did that. Um, as per your advice, we took all the kids t-shirts and even uniform boy scout uniforms, you know, over the years, things like that. And we had it made into an epic quilt and, uh, you can do double-sided. And honestly, it was the best thing we ever did, you know, and it was all in those bins. We had them all separated out for George and Jeffrey, and we made those quilts and the both of them have them on their beds. And they're just, they're just so fun to have, like just everything to really honor those t-shirts because they had drawn pictures on them or they were from important memories. So 
Yeah. And I love that there's so many, you know, creative ways to honor something. You know, there was a client who had a lot of items from her grandmother who had passed and they were like all in a room and you couldn't even walk in the room. And it was just like, she was keeping it because she was paralyzed. It's like, what do I do with all this? Like she left this all to me and it's now her responsibility to deal with it. And in moving through those items, you know, we talk about, well, what did you love to do with your grandma? Like, what was your favorite memory with her? And it came down to, you know, well, we used to bake together and we used to, you know, go shopping and cook. And I said, let's take those, like the rolling pin and like cookie cutters and make like a shadow box out of those items that can preserve that special memory you have. And she did, and it framed it, and it's in the kitchen. And I mean, what a gorgeous way to just, you know, honor those memories without having to like carry the burden of carrying them literally 25 boxes of Mm -hmm. stuff. You don't even know what's in there. Mm -mm. Can you see it? Yeah. You can't even see it. You can't enjoy it in any way. It's just literally a burden. And often people are spending money on storage to store these items. And it gets expensive. I mean, it's a burden in many, many ways when you start to think about it. Yeah, I mean, so, so true. Uh, Such a great perspective that you bring um, to this. Uh, Because I think everybody has that situation, you know, where they do are caring things over the years or from their parents or from their grandparents and so on and so forth. And how to honor them and honor their life and yet still not have to carry that burden. Tell me something. What was the moment that like you decided to go into this field and what was what was it and how do you think it relates to the story that you told? That's a great question. So the moment that I decided to go into this I don't think there was one specific moment but before I had my kids I was working in children's television. I have a degree in child development and My first job was at Jim Henson Productions and I worked in development there and moved on to Saban and then Fox. And I loved that world so much. But when I had my kids, I was like, I don't want to, I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to experience the stay-at-home mom world. And then when my son was about to go into preschool, I needed a creative outlet. Like I was, okay, okay. Five years, like a toddler and two toddlers at the time, it was time to find some Stacy time. Yes. And I thought a lot about going back into development and I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do because to be successful in television development, it's a 24 seven job. And I wasn't that passionate enough you know, to devote all my time. So I was really grappling with like, what can I do that's flexible enough where I can still pick up my kids from school? I can drop them off at school. I can be involved in the PTA or whatever I need to do. But I can also like work a couple days a week, make a little money would be nice. So I was reading that book, What Color Is Your Parachute? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've read that, but- I haven't read it, but I've heard great things about the book. And it's probably outdated at this point. I'm sure there's more modern, you know, uh, quizzes and workbooks out there. But 
It asks you a lot of questions. It mostly focuses on what you don't enjoy doing to kind of carve out what you really enjoy doing. And it kept coming back to organizing closets. And I think when I was at home full time, I found so much pleasure and satisfaction in being like super organized and setting up systems and constant. I was cleaning constantly. I think ultimately it was my way of feeling some sort of control because mm-hmm. with little oh. with a baby and a toddler, I had, I was like, I have no control over anything. No. Yes. So it helped me kind of get grounded in like, okay, I can control this. Yes. So So when I did this quiz and it kept coming back to like organizing closets, you know, this was 11 years ago. And I looked into that and I'm like, I'm like, who's going to pay me to do that? And then I started researching it (laughs) and realized, oh, professional organizing is a thing. I'd literally never heard of it. So I decided to reach out to about 20 friends and say, Hey, I'm thinking of starting this business. I would love to come organize a space in your house free in exchange for photos and testimonials. So I started to, people got back to me right away and they're like, yes, and my mom and this. And so I started doing all these jobs for free to like, okay, well, this is my like internship basically. How do I get experience doing this with other people? How do I work? How do I go into someone's home and make them feel comfortable enough to allow me to go through their items and share my thoughts on how they could create a better system? Yeah. And um, I did that for about a year. And my husband helped me build my first website. And then I reached out to Jen Levinson, who at the time had a, you know, a newsletter called Jen's, Jen's List. Yes. Oh, Everybody you... read Jen's List. Everybody. Oh my God. I like to think of Jen as like the most popular girl in the Valley. Like yes. you need anything kid related, mom related, because she had five kids, like <sighs> at the time, all under the age of like six, I think. Yes. Two sets of twins. Yes and another, an older son. And, um, I reached out to her and it turned out that she and I had gone to school together back in elementary school at one of those private schools I went to. So I reached out to her and I said, Hey, I would love to help you get organized and get to know you. And so I went over to her house back when she lived in West Hills and I redid her whole playroom, you know, for free. And she, promoted me on face. I think she did a post on Facebook and she was like, Oh my gosh, Stacey Tomes, blah, blah, blah. And that's how I started getting business. So I'm starting to do more project management, move management and home staging for a few of my clients. It happened. Well, the first one was like a year and a half ago. Clients of mine were moving and they wanted me to stage their home for sale but they didn't want to buy anything. So I helped get rid of probably 70% of the things in their home and then stage it. And they didn't want to paint. They didn't want to do any of the things that I was, you know, recommending, but man, I think I spent like five, $600 on staging that house. And it ended up selling above asking with everything in the house, the people that bought the house bought 
all their old furniture. So it was like huge, great. And I loved it because I can, I have this ability to walk into a space and see what it can become. Could be. Yes. I don't know how I have that. I don't know what that is, but that's, that's sort of, I think a huge benefit to working with clients is just being able to come in and say, Oh, well this, you know, like move your furniture this way, or let's get rid of this chair. And Mm -hmm. I just, I can visualize. Yes. And actually, I think this is a great segue into your strengths because I know what strength that is. Um, (laughs) Or what I know which one that really lends itself to. It's not just one strength. It's probably a multitude of strengths uh, that you have, but we're using the VIA strengths assessment. And Stacy took the VIA strengths assessment, which is completely free online. It is really who you are to your core. There are 24 of them and it's really how you show up in the world. And um, it's all rooted in positive psychology. And uh, anyway, so the one that came to mind and you'll see why is judgment and critical thinking. So when you walk into a room, you can imagine that it's, it's the corrective virtue. So it is uh, counteracts any faulty thinking and biased opinions. So people may have their room set up a certain way because of an emotional attachment or just, you know, the way that they set it up. But then you come in and you help then with decision making because you don't have the same attachment to, to whatever's in the room. And I think that that, uh, the definition of judgment and critical thinking is thinking things through and examining them from all sides, Mm. Uh, not jumping to conclusions, uh, but being able to change one's mind in light of evidence and uh, weighing all uh, evidence fairly. There was something in here, there it is, the uh, analytical seeing a 360 degree view and details. There you have it, right? So that that was your um, and I have uh, Stacy's strengths right in front of me. If you don't mind, if I could share them, Stacy, do you mind? Please, okay. yeah. And you know, that's funny too because I'm also a Libra. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's that's so funny. I was just talking about that with someone the other day. Like Libras, we see all sides of a situation yes. too, and it's all about like fairness and balance. So that kind of ties into that. Absolutely, as well. it does. One hundred percent. So you're not that judgment's your number three. Judgment and critical thinking. So, but number one is honesty for you. Then it's number two is appreciation of beauty and excellence, which we can totally see in the job that you do, how that would be important having that strength or leaning into that strength if you don't have that strength, which it's in your top 10. So you very much have it. Love is number four. Forgiveness is number five. Uh, Forgiveness, I'm going to give you more information about that. She's got kindness, then spirituality, creativity, gratitude, and perseverance. So, I mean, you can see that especially perseverance. You must have leaned into that a lot when you were young and, um, you know, given your circumstances. And then, you know, well, I want to go into honesty uh, first, which is under the virtue of courage. So I'm getting all this. um, This is one of my favorite books for Via Strengths Assessment. It's called uh, The Character Strengths Interventions. And while it's for coaches, I would say that anybody, you know, who's interested in their VIA strengths assessment, this book is amazing to really take a deep dive into your strengths. 
But um, with honesty, it's under the virtue of courage. Um, and, you know, I would say that, you know, in home organizing and coming into any family, um, any family, and you're getting into family dynamics as well, because when you got the whole family in the house, you know, deciding what stays and what goes, you can imagine that takes a, quite a bit of courage, which is honesty is under that. Um, but what's interesting with, uh, with that and the definition is speaking the truth, but more broadly presenting oneself in a genuine way and acting in a sincere way, being uh, without pretense, taking responsibility for one's feelings and actions. So in essence, um, it's about being true to yourself and authentic to others and authenticity and integrity. And I think that one of the first words you talked about when you were telling your story of how you got into the business was about trust. Absolutely. And someone, when you walk into somebody's house, they're going to feel your honesty right away. You know, just how, and you always do it. And in, in, when you're honest with me on something that I really should let go of, um, <laughs> you do it in a very kind way, you know, <laughs> and um, and in a very sensitive way and in an honest way, it's authentic. And, and I think that that really comes out loud and clear in your work, um, especially. And then also next we had, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Then we had appreciation of beauty and excellence. Uh, one of my favorites to talk about because people see that and they think, oh, it's about exterior, right? But really, it's about noticing and appreciating beauty and excellence, skills performed in various domains of life, seeing uh, the life uh, behind things and the work behind things, awe and wonder. The people who have appreciation of beauty and excellence also have pro-social and altruistic behaviors. So they care about people and the world. And um, I know that about you because of the conversations that we've had <laughs> while organizing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I love this. I, so I fun. Love these insights and just being able to kind of define these personality traits. Fascinating. It's really interesting. And the other one I wanted to talk about was forgiveness because I just, I love it when people have this. And, and I think it's from my standpoint, it's one of my lower uh, strengths. Um, I do have it, but I have to lean in hard to it. But here's the cool thing about uh, forgiveness. Forgiveness is associated with many physical and psychological health benefits, such as emotional well-being and healthy lifestyle behaviors, social support, and spiritual well-being. So it links right into your spirituality as well. People who are forgiving experience less anger, a decrease in anxiety, depression, and hostility, uh, than less forgiving people. And then the definition is forgiving uh, those who have done wrong, accepting the shortcomings of others, which I appreciate, <laughs> giving people a second chance and not being vengeful. I want to bring it to a lyric in the song that really just sums it all up. So you chose the song, uh, Things Can Only Get Better, Howard Jones. But let me read you this lyric. Um, and do you feel scared? I do. But I won't stop and falter. And if we threw it all away, <laughs> things can only get better. <laughs> yeah. 
I love it. I mean, it is amazing how that song does tie into what I'm doing now and how I'm working with people and how I live my life. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah, like you said, it's not like you're like, Oh, you made me throw that away and I've been looking for it and I just hate you. And why did I do that? It's like, you can't, it's, it's letting it go. Right. You know, I love, I love the analogy too of, you know, those Chinese finger torture yes. devices. Yes. So you put your fingers in it and the harder you try to get it out, the harder it grips on. Yeah. But if you just relax and gently take your fingers out, they come right out. Mm. And I, I love that analogy for like our stuff, like the harder you try to grab mm-hmm. on to something in the past or an idea of what you, you know, were supposed to do or things should have been this way, or we need to let go of those things and really live in the present and just kind of let those ideas go because they will grip onto you Mm -hmm. and it's not healthy. So it's, I don't know, that analogy is just like, let it go. You can throw yeah. it all away. Yeah. It's going to like, you're only get better. Yeah. You're leaving room for new opportunities. Yes. For new discoveries. Like who are you today? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you may have your jeans from 11th grade that were a size 24 and you're hanging on to them because you're like, well, maybe one day and it's like, let it go. You know what? Right. Who are you now? Like, right. don't right. look to the past so much. Like, take the good things from the past and use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, let them be your assets, not your defects. Yes. You down, you know? Genius. Yes. Yes. Love that. That's such a great point. Looking at those things in your house, those things that you hold on to that really are holding you back or focusing in on the negativity or a negative thought, I should say, and throw it away because things will only get better. Yes. <laughs> okay. So with that, what is your action item for our audience? My action item would be to really respect your space and to honor your collections. So if you have, like I said, with the you know, the rolling pin and the baking and the items. If you want to hang on to a lot of things, curate that idea Mm -hmm. of what that means to you. And if you need help with that, there are so many people that can help you, whether Mm -hmm. it's a family member, your spouse, a friend, a professional organizer. Mm -hmm. There are so many people that can help you kind of get to that place. Mm -hmm. But I just love when people, you know, have something and they've honored it in a way like you did with the quilt with your Mm -hmm. son's shirts. Mm -hmm. I love that because it's like, you're putting it to good use. You're not just shoving like a memory that's important away somewhere where you're not seeing it or touching it. It's just crowding. Maybe you can't park your car in your garage because there's so much stuff. So really honoring those collections and those memories in a really beautiful way. Love it. Love it. So good. All right. This is the part of the show. Um, and everyone has their marching orders from Stacy to do a little surveillance of the house, hire someone to help you. I have to do that. 
and it's it is a gift it's a true gift and if not um then get a neighbor or friends and trade off i will say that it's easier for me to go into other people's houses and help them assess versus doing my own things so i do think an outside person helping whether it be a friend or someone you hire is highly beneficial well, this is the part of the show um, that we talk about um, all things 80s and 80s trends. Yes. So if we were in your closet, Stacey, in the 80s, what would you be wearing? <laughs> Definitely off-the-shoulder sweatshirts, flash dance style. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Those were, I still like those. There was like Camp Beverly Hills was the uh, place where I would get my sweatshirts. I grew up in, I'm a born and raised Valley girl. So uh, yeah, definitely a lot of that kind of stuff and probably like bike shorts. Yes. <laughs> definitely a Walkman like yours yeah. with a fanny pack. Yeah. And some maybe like LA gear high tops. Awesome. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, That's my really, outfit. Yeah. You're like, how lucky for you to be here in California and I mean, honestly, and be a Valley girl. I mean, that, you, you guys were like notorious, you know, across the country. You know, everyone knows like, Take wow. Care. Yes, love it. Love it. All right, favorite shows. What were your favorite shows in the 80s? Oh, for sure. The Love Boat, Three's Company. I would say those were definitely my two favorite shows. You know, I kind of liked... Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley, all those fun sitcoms, you know? Yes. One show I did not like was uh, Gilligan's Island. I could okay. not stand Gilligan's Island for some reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. It's, there, there was something for everyone in the 80s, you know? And, uh, you know, Magnum P.I. was always a favorite of mine. And, uh, yeah, Three's Company also. I loved Three's Company. I wasn't allowed to watch it, um, which made me want to watch it all the more. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, very true. Okay. Any favorite commercials that you remember? Oh my gosh. Uh, well, there were so many cereal commercials mm -hmm. and like the double mint gum commercial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Can you remember any? Okay. I can remember it. Um, it's the single most favorite double in the world. It's double mint, double mint, double mint gum. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Double your pleasure with double mint gum. Yes. So good. You're yes. So good that. Yeah. I can, if I heard it, I would know all know the it. Okay. Okay. Let me see if I can do one. I'm not, I'm not going to say the actual um, item. Okay. But let's see if you can get it. Get a little closer. With Don't be shy. Air it extra dry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah, I haven't either. I haven't either. Let's see. I'm trying to think of like off the top of my head anymore <laughs> that I had. That was when I was humming this morning because um, we did Big Red uh, last week, um, uh, which was a great commercial. And you can definitely sing sing that song. It's easy. It's an e The jingles were just so easy to remember. Like I remember uh, like once you start, you know what product it was. You knew how the melody went, you know? Totally. Yeah. It's but I can't think of any that. commercial like that now. Can you? No, no. And the kids would have no idea. The kids. Now mm -hmm. I, I'm just really yeah. into yourself. Kids these days. Oh, kids. <laughs> yes. It's crazy how often that happens to me. Yes. Now. 
But yeah, it's like, we're just in this like, you know, really fast, like crazy world of like, you know, they don't even really know about commercials. It's just like YouTube ads. Ads. Yeah. Yeah. So true. It's a lost art in my opinion. I always, I enjoyed the commercials back then. (laughs) I could see you writing jingles. You'd be so good at that. Really fun. That would be a fun job. (laughs) When they come back again, you know, <laughs> bring them back, <laughs> bring back the jingles, please. Well, Stacy, I loved having you here on the show today, and I'm grateful for uh, your friendship as well as the incredible work you've done for our family. Um, how do people uh, get a hold of you? And you also mentioned Napo as well. How people could get a hold of if they have an organizer in their area. Um, that they could work with. But how do we get a hold of you? Because I know you put a lot of interesting things on Instagram, et cetera. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn at Stacy Tomes, S-T-A-C-Y-T-H-O-M-E-S organizing. And I that's also my website name as well. So stacytomesorganizing.com. And yeah, my website, my Instagram, I've got all my information. If you want to give me a call, if you want to book time, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me anytime. I'm happy Wonderful. To help. Wonderful. Well, thanks again for being on the show today, Stacey. And I'm, just, I'm sure we'll be seeing you very soon. Yes. Thank you for having me, Patricia. It's been an honor working with you and getting to know your family and helping you through many different stages and transitions. Transitions, yes. Yeah. From babies to moving uh, during COVID. So, yes. And and remodeling. Yeah. Remodeling. Let's not forget. Yes. So many transitions. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, thanks again. And until next time. Thank you so much for listening. We want to hear from you. First of all, tell us how these totally rad stories have inspired you. If you have a story with an 80 song inspiration, we want to hear it. You think this podcast is like totally tubular? Well, we would love your review. Stay connected with us on Podopolo and download the app today. Visit me at www.patriciafreiberg.com. Thank you, and we look forward to a double boost of inspiration next Motivational Music Monday.